to the Daily Regrounding Podcast, a space where together we can step into and steep in the natural world around us. Through interviews with experts in life, health, and business, as well as some solo regrounding riffs, we'll create mindful moments and deep breaths, allow for perspective and pause, and ultimately feel more connected and deeply content. I am your host, Meredith Ewanson. Let's dive in. Hello, and welcome back to the podcast. Today is Friday, October 1st, so it's the first day of October, which really feels like the first day of fall. I've got uh, a spiced turmeric oat milk latte in my hand and I'm actually diffusing some Siberian fir, frankincense, and black spruce. I've got my bear sweater on, which is my <laughs> which is my signifier of fall and winter. It is a vintage sweater that I have worn a thousand times at least and I just love it so much. And to me it just means comfort and joy and winter and colder weather and just being cozy. Um, And if you can't tell, I actually really, really enjoy the fall. I think a lot of people enjoy the fall, um, but maybe not winter. And I kind of do like the winter. Uh, it, It does get a little long here in New England, but I do love to be cozy. I like to, um, I don't naturally slow down, so when the outside world and the natural world around me is slowing down and is soothing and is kind of in a more relaxed state, I feel then more settled and relaxed. Um, So I think that's why I like winter. My birthday is also in January. I don't know if that has anything to do with it. Um, I don't recommend a January birthday because most people (laughs) aren't that interested in doing anything in January and... um, yeah, it's just like always cold and snowing. I Total tangent, but I remember as a kid, um, my sister was born in July and I was always so jealous of her birthdays and July birthdays and summer birthdays because there were so many options. There were pool parties, there were beach parties, and and then there's little me in January just, you know, taking my friends to a movie. <laughs> um, so about a week ago, it was like a little over a week ago, Nick and I and Winnie, our dog, went for a camping trip and a big hike. And Winnie is like just over a year old. So this was definitely her first big, big hike. Uh, We went up to New Hampshire. I'm forgetting what the area, Chatham, New Hampshire, which is kind of right on the border of Maine. Um, In fact, like you could walk to Maine from where our campsite was and the mountain that we hiked was called bald face and it was in New Hampshire, but it was just right on the border of, um, of Maine. And I love me a camping trip. I love to like cook outside. I love to put on all my cozy clothes, like my bear sweater. It wasn't cold enough for the bear sweater really, but, um, I did bring my big puffy down jacket. And for me, that jacket also just means like, I am cozy. I am comfortable. Um, we actually didn't make a fire. Um, we we ended up going to sleep so early that we never actually got around to it, but I love a good campfire. I love crunching my feet on like the dry pine needly leafy, um, dirt ground. Like I just love all that. I love setting up the tent. I love like packing for camping. I love everything that has to do with camping and hiking. Um, 
and as a side note, this is not what I'm talking about, but as a side note, I do get a little spooked at night. So even though <laughs> sleeping outdoors, especially where there's bears and moose where we were, um, definitely can get me a little spooky, but, um, but I still love it. It just feels so good to be breathing in the totally fresh, fresh, fresh outdoor air, no matter where you are. Um, and so what I wanted to talk about was a co- were a couple concepts, integration and transmission, specifically of your nature experience um, when you get back, quote, home. So as soon as I got back from this trip, and it was actually a pretty quick trip, it was, you know, we drove up, spent the night, had a big hike. Um, it was like a seven-hour hike. It was, I think, um, the elevation gain was somewhere around like 3,500 feet. Um, it was 10 miles. It was significant. So it was like that was the full, full day. So that took up our whole day. And then, of course, we made dinner and hung out, went to sleep. Um, and then the next morning, we drove home. So it wasn't a super long trip. It was two nights, but really it was just one full day. And even that, even that is such a recharge. Um, whether it's camping for you or maybe it's something else. I mean, I talk about all the time just the idea of um, just even looking outside <laughs> out your window and taking a deep breath and just having reverence for and recognition for and just taking that moment of connection to nature, whether you're looking at a tree or a pigeon on a power line or a cloud, um, that that can be really regrounding and refueling as well. So I truly believe that that, those little micro moments of nature can be so impactful every day throughout your day, whenever you need it. Um, But I really do love a good camping trip. And we do this sort of trip up to New Hampshire. We've been doing it every year for the past few years. Um, and then we try to do, you know, another camping trip, um, throughout the year if we can and, you know, things like that just to get up to the mountains and, you know, we live by the ocean, but just to kind of get out, um, and change up the scenery and, and just kind of tune out actually. And where we, where we go up in New Hampshire, um, really has no service. Like there was no service at the campground. There was no service. Actually, the most service we had was when we were hiking, when you get above tree lines, sometimes you, you start to hear your phone like, all the texts are coming through. Um, it's, you can't really send a text that doesn't really work so much, but um, whatever, you start to you know get into some semblance of service when you're above the tree line. Um, but really for the, you know, for at least 24 hours, if not probably close to 48 hours, we had absolutely no, no service at all. Like, you know, couldn't text or email, or I don't even know if we can make a call if we wanted to. And so then when you come home, like when I came home, I remember stepping into my house and being like, did that just happen? (laughs) Like, did I just, did I escape for a couple days? Like that felt like it went by so fast and Um, and I started actually, I don't know, maybe if you listen to my last podcast episode, um, maybe this is kind of along those same lines, but I was kind of like questioning myself a little bit. Like, was I present enough? How did it go by so fast? Did I take my time? Did I really enjoy and savor and get every last sip out of every last moment? And I mean, we know like you can only do what you can do. You can't, you can't, um, you know, have anxiety and pressure on yourself for like what you didn't do or whatever. And I was totally present. I didn't have my phone. I was enjoying so much of it and spending time too with Nick and Winnie was just amazing. Um, but 
I don't know if that's ever happened to you. I'm sure it has when you come back from a vacation or a trip or for me specifically, it's like when I go from being totally immersed in nature to back to regular life, you're like, did that just happen? Like, where was I? (laughs) And it's so easy, I think, to hold so tightly to that place or that moment that you experienced that felt like, you know, freeing or relaxing um, or a a place of regrounding. It's so easy to hold so tightly to that place or that moment um, that when you are not in that place anymore, that you feel like it can't be accessed again until, quote, next time or next year. You know, maybe maybe for you, you have a certain trip you do every single year. Like I mentioned, we've been doing... um, a slight variation of this hiking camping trip every year and I really do look forward to it but it's so easy to and I do my best not to hold so tightly to that being like putting all my eggs in that basket you know what I mean um, and this is where I think these ideas of integration and trans- transmission from whatever that regrounded place was into everyday life is super important and bridging the gap from nature to regular life and not allowing it to be just this huge expansive gap where nature might feel super super grounding and like you only feel like you can totally get away when you're out of service and blah 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 and then you get into regular life and you just jump right back into you know whatever the grind is that that you've got going on and so integration and transmission are ways that we can close that gap. We can bring nature closer to regular life. We can bring the feelings and the experiences and the benefits we get from that moment, that day, that week, that whatever in nature into regular life. So integration might look something like asking yourself a few questions when you get back from wherever you went or, you know, even if it was just a walk and you really want to savor that and you don't want to sort of let that disappear and fade. Um, Integration might look like asking yourself a couple questions like what elements of that experience refueled me? Like get really clear on it. What about that experience was regrounding, refueling, recentering for you? What was it? Because unless we can identify what those moments were, we might not recognize them already around us or we might not recognize them when we stumble across them or have the opportunity to experience them in a regular day or moment and then how can I mimic that experience that refueled me on any given day or moment so not just waiting for it to happen not just saying okay another 364 days until that trip um, or you know I can't go on a hike or outside or do whatever until the weekend how can we mimic that feeling, that experience, any given day or any given moment. And this comes back to a lot of what I talk about a lot, which is just daily regrounding, using nature as ceremony. And then how this might look in action is like when you take, when you go outside, take a really big clearing breath. Like for me, I was in the mountains and that felt super clean and fresh and expansive. So then now that I'm home, any big, big, deep breath, I can then relate back to those big, deep breaths that felt so clearing and grounding for me when I was in the mountains. 
Maybe notice the feet that you're, uh, the sounds that your feet make when you're walking. Even if you're walking on the sidewalk, maybe just tune in a little bit more to what that sound is when you're walking on the sidewalk and maybe how that then can harken back that feeling, that experience, that memory that you had when you were walking in the woods. Um, you know, take this to any level of your senses, really. And again, that's what I talk about in nature as ceremony is sort of getting ourselves attuned to our senses so that we can become hyper aware so that we can then bring that into everything that we do and it just becomes a natural default. So integration is taking the experience that you had. So having, having had an amazing experience, having been present, having enjoyed, having relaxed, having regrounded, now what? Next step is then when you're back home, how does this integrate? How does this look in my everyday life? Where does this already exist? Where can I bring this in? Where can I kind of um, sit with that memory and, and welcome it in into everyday life? And then the next kind of step of this is transmission. And to me, this is sort of like, you know, I'm a yoga teacher as well. And if you've ever heard, I'm sure you've heard the phrase, um, like taking your practice off the mat. So when we do yoga, we're not just talking about asana, which are the postures and the movements. We're talking about everything that encompasses yoga, which includes everyday life, taking yoga off the mat. So for me, it's like, okay, taking nature into everyday life. This is like yoga's version of off the mat, nature into everyday life. What does that look like? It's not just integrating it into your own practice and your own everyday experiences, but how does that then trickle out and ripple out and extend and expand into everything that you do? So that might look like the different interactions that you have with other people. And um, like, so some questions you might ask yourself are where, where can I bring patience to this conversation? So patience, right? You can see patience in nature. You can feel and experience patience in nature. You know, trees aren't going anywhere. <laughs> Maybe the wind is. Um, trees aren't going anywhere. Leaves aren't going anywhere. So how can you harness that feeling of what patience looks and feels like in nature and how can you bring that into a conversation perhaps or how can you be more present in a specific interaction so like the next time you interact with somebody whether it's through work or family or friend or whatever how can you practice presence and patience in that interaction what does that look like what does that feel like and to know what that looks and feels like trigger your memory back to nature. What was that feeling when you were super present, when you were super patient? What was that feeling in your body, in your mind, in your spirit? And how can you then bring that into, I don't know, the conversation with the person checking out the grocery store? Like that's, that's the work, right? That's when things begin to shift and change in our energy and our mind and our body when we can connect a wonderful grounded experience that we've had with something that's so regular and every day. So where can I connect deeper with the essence? Oh, so the next question that I have for you is where can I connect deeper with the essence of my work to allow its truest expression to shine through? So where can you bring it into work? Whether you own your own business or you work for someone else, whether you like your job or you don't, 
it doesn't matter. Where can you connect deeper with the essence of your work to allow its truest expression to shine through? So where can you, where, where did you connect deeply with nature? What were some experiences that you remember? What were some moments? What were just some little light bulbs or pings that you had in that space in the past that was a beautiful regrounding moment with nature? How, like, what were some of those moments that felt, felt really connected and how can you bring that into your own work? And I think especially if you're your own business owner, especially if you're a creative, um, definitely allowing nature to guide and to sort of be a support system for you through your creative work, I think is so special and is, um, is a true practice that I think, um, can really benefit your business, can really make you feel settled and aligned with your business when, um, when you really have that true, deep, grounded connection. So integration, bringing it into your own everyday life and moments, transmission, what does that look like when you allow others to touch it too? When you take it off, quote, the mat, out of nature and into the world, what does that look like? So I'll share with you a few things that I remember Um, and I wrote these down so that I wouldn't forget so that at any time, so that, you know, just the the practice of writing them down helps us remember, helps us anchor in that memory, helps us imprint that memory. But now also these are imprints and memories that I have that I can begin to integrate and transmute. So here are some things that I remember. First and foremost, the crisp, fresh air from the moment we stepped out of the car when we were in a different environment. Like as soon, so I'm in Rhode Island. It's like a four, I think it was about a four and a half hour drive where we went. So it's not super far, but there's a distinct difference from breathing the air at my house to stepping out of the car and breathing in the air when you're in the mountains. Um, And it might even be like the first gas station that you stop at that is, you know, getting closer to where you're going, that you take a deep breath and you're like, I am here. This is different. Things have shifted. So the crisp, fresh air from the moment we stepped out of the car, that is like, that is what I do all of this for. (laughs) That's what I do it for. Uh, The smell of the dried, fallen pine needles as we took our first steps into the woods. So where we were, there were dried pine needles all over the ground, but I distinctly remember the very first few steps that we took of our hike, which I feel like is a very, like is a very intimate moment. Um, when you go on a hike, especially one that's maybe a bit longer, I have never done like a long backpacking trip or anything super significant, but when you're going on a hike, especially if you're going somewhere new maybe, um, and you know it's going to be like you know, it's going to be an experience. You're not just randomly strolling, right? Those first few steps into the woods, to me, just is such an intimate experience. Um, and it's always something that I remember and that I take a moment to really savor just those first few steps. So when we um, took our hike in New Hampshire, the first few steps were, you know, literally off like a highway. It wasn't a busy highway, but it was off like, you know, route, whatever. Um, Go up a couple rock steps. And then all of a sudden it was almost like doorway to the woods. (laughs) And it was so simple, but so beautiful. And 
all of the ground was just covered in dried pine needles and there were trees everywhere and it was just like you know we were instantly transported literally but I also felt it in my energy and in my body um and I remember that smell I remember the smell of the pine needles under our feet I remember the sound that it made as we walked um and that's just one of the most potent memories I have Another is the sound of the wind whirling around the brush as we walked above the tree line. So the hike that we had, uh, that we did was a lot of it was above tree line. There's a lot of granite, um, you know, and once you're above the tree line, there's sort of like brush and bushes and kind of low, low lying, um, trees and things like that. And there was just such a distinct sound of the wind whirling around through the bushes. So it wasn't just like a steady breeze. Like we were, you know, on a mountain, uh, thousands of feet in in the sky so the wind was a little erratic and so just that whirling sound of the wind in the brush was something that I distinctly remember also the density and the beauty of the fog and the clouds as we walked through it and above it so the day we went hiking was mostly clear but there were definitely some clouds um And that can happen, obviously, when you're that high up. But, like, the clouds were going straight up, it looked like. Like, from the valleys up straight um, into the sky. And for periods of time, we were, like, completely in the fog. Not so much that you felt like you were going to get lost or anything like that. But you couldn't see um, anything except what was immediately around you. Which, for us, during this time was, like gray granite and the fog was gray so it was almost like it felt like Nick said it felt like we were on Mars which it totally did um so that's definitely a moment that I remember that was a really um I don't know kind of maybe a vulnerable moment too because we knew we were not protected and we couldn't see super far but it definitely wasn't something that felt scary but the vulnerability of just being in connection with and surrounded by just what nature was doing already. You know what I mean? It wasn't like something we created in nature. It wasn't like I built a fire and the fire was beautiful. Like, yes, of course. But it was like we stepped up into that, you know, above that tree line and like stepped into what was happening already with nature. Like that's what nature was up to. And I think that's like so freaking cool. Um, Here's one. The sounds of what I'm pretty sure were female moose calls. Maybe they they could have been um, like a hunter that was mimicking a female moose sound. I think it's rut season uh, in New Hampshire with moose right now, or maybe we're, you know, everywhere with moose right now. Um, but in the middle of the night, the first night when we were sleeping, I could we could hear um, this moose call echoing across the lake. Um, because right next to where we were camping was this like reservoir lake. It was so freaking gorgeous. Um, the sun shining actually down, um, and like making shadows, like as the sun was kind of rising and setting, um, with the mountains. Cause this lake was just kind of at the bottom of, um, you know, there's a lot of elevation around us. So the shadows and the sun was, was such a cool experience as well. Uh, but I definitely recall the sounds of the female moose in the middle of the night. And it actually, it didn't scare me because <laughs> it didn't sound super close. Um, I could hear it echoing across 
the lake. So I was kind of figuring maybe it was on the other side of the lake or if it was on our side, which would have been kind of close, it was, I don't know, speaking across the lake. <laughs> um, and I did some like YouTube, <laughs> don't YouTube, <laughs> don't, if you have a dog that gets spooked by random sounds, don't YouTube moose calls <laughs> around them because there are some horrifying sounds. And this one just was very like gentle sounding. It was actually like really beautiful. Um, but from my YouTube searches, I believe that's what it was. Or again, maybe it was a hunter that was like mimicking it because they were hunting or something. So I remember that. And then lastly, I remember the cold, clean water that we jumped into um, at the end of our hike in the freshwater mountain pool. So at the end of this 10 mile hike or the beginning, depending on which way you go, or it's a loop. So, you know, it's on both ends. Um, there's like a, you know, a, a mountain pool. So it's all boulders and fresh water rushing from, from the top of the mountain. And it's super cold, which I actually love. And it wasn't that hot. So it wasn't like, oh, I'm so hot. I need to cool off. Um, but it was just so refreshing. Like it felt like such a good ending to the hike and not to mention like feet and legs were feeling pretty sore at that point. So even just standing in it, um, in addition to actually going under and just getting the full immersion experience of the cold dip was just so, so good. Um, and my hair and skin obviously felt so good after that because really clean, fresh water is just the freaking best. So those are some things I remember. And as I mentioned, I wrote them down and I'm speaking them out loud now and I'm imprinting them into my mind so that I can come back to them so that any given moment, any day that I need to touch into that experience, I can. Whether it's the deep, clear, fresh breath from the mountain air, maybe there's a moment that I'll need that and I can, I can bring my memory to that. Or maybe I'm feeling like I need a little bit of um, comfort and I want to smell those pine needles. Or, you know, maybe I'm getting curious and creative and I want to think of that whirling wind around the brush at the top of the mountain or the dense fog that we were walking through as like this sort of otherworldly experience that was just so different than anything you can experience at sea level or at least where I live. So... All of this is to say, <laughs> um, I just want to encourage you to think this way with nature and with your experiences. I want to encourage you to know that those experiences can live beyond the experience itself. We can use our memory. We can use our senses to anchor into those memories so that we can connect with and bridge the gap with the feeling that we had in that pure moment to right now when we might need that feeling as well. We might not access it in the same way, but we still have that memory. We still can recall that time and we can welcome it in, whether it's in a meditation practice or just in your own mind or in interactions with others, at random times with family, with coworkers, and just doing everyday things. Um, and one thing as well that is a lovely practice um, to kind of, pair with this is specifically aromatically anchoring with an essential oil. So if you, I often bring with me when I'm on a hike, I'll bring some sort of tree oil usually. Um, 
like I said, I have uh, black spruce, Siberian fir, and frankincense diffusing next to me right now because I wanted to kind of anchor in to the trees, to the mountains before having this um, little chat. But you can you can do that. And maybe I'll do this on another episode is talking more about what aromatically anchoring in, anchoring blah, 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 what aromatically anchoring is and how you can utilize it. But really, it's as simple as it sounds. You're in an experience that you want to remember, not just in memory, but with one of your senses. You can grab an essential oil. It doesn't matter which one, whatever's calling to you or whatever's around you. Put a drop in your hands, breathe it in, be intentional, be mindful, be present. Enjoy and experience and let that aroma infiltrate into your senses. And then anytime you want to hearken back to that moment, you can put that drop of oil in your hands and breathe it in. And this is, you know, a lovely thing to do even with, um, with people in your lives. Like I know, uh, I have a friend who, um, who used frankincense with her grandmother while she was passing away. And I know that now frankincense to her means grandma. And what a beautiful memory. What a beautiful, not even memory, uh, visceral and experiential thing you can bring into your everyday life to honor that person. Just putting a drop in your hands and breathing it in. I mean, how special is that? So let me know if, um, let me know how this landed with you. I don't know. Does this, is this something you do? Is this something you've thought about? Um, how does this feel? Does this feel reassuring to you? Because it does to me. It does to me. It makes me feel like, you know, we don't just lose the special moments that make us feel, that help us feel grounded and aligned after they've happened. We can carry them into everything that we do. So I'd love to hear from you if you listen to this and you resonate. Um, let me know. And if you have any specific experiences you want to share, I want to hear it. So I hope you have an awesome rest of your day and I will talk to you soon. And before we close out, I just wanted to share with you a gift for you to celebrate the launch of the podcast. And that is for a limited time, you can take $30 off my nature as ceremony meditative solo study with promo code podcast 30. And that's podcast in all caps, three, zero. So it'll make it just 49 bucks, which is what, a week or two worth of lattes or matchas or juices or smoothies, whatever it is, it's 49 bucks. And Nature Ceremony is the perfect place to begin to cultivate and create awareness around your own personal regrounding practice. And I swear it will serve you in everything that you do in your life. So if you want to learn more about that, go to meredithhewinson.com slash nature is ceremony. And that's where you can enter the promo code podcast 30 for 30 bucks off. And the wait list is open for my custom regrounding meditations. So these are one of a kind. They're made just for you. I ask a few nature inspired questions so I can get a vibe and a feel of what it is that you want to experience And then I create a 20-minute meditation just for you. And the intention is to just bring alive the world for you that drops you into your most grounded space so that you can receive, you can experience, 
You can allow, you can listen to this meditation anytime that you need to reground back to you so that you can feel clear, calm, and content anytime, anywhere that you need it. So if you want more info on that, you can find it at MeredithHewinson.com. Thanks for joining me on this episode of the Daily Regrounding Podcast. If you loved it, I would be so grateful for you to rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes or wherever you're listening, as well as share it with a friend. And if you want to work with me, you can go to my website, MeredithEwinson.com, and have a look at my current nature-inspired meditation, mindfulness, and movement offerings. I'd love for you to connect with me on Instagram, at MeredithEwinson. Thanks again for listening. And remember, with just one breath, one moment of awareness, or one step into nature, you can reground and